Welcome to Men of the Hearts, a monthly podcast from the Archdiocese of Detroit, Office of Priestly Vocations. Join me, your host, Father Craig Guerra. And me, Father David Pelican. As we explore the priesthood, hear vocation stories from priests all over the Archdiocese, and answer questions about discerning a priestly vocation. Tune in every month to wherever you get your podcast. Learn more at DetroitPriestlyVocations.com. Well, welcome everyone to a glorious day outside. Hopefully when you're listening to this, it is a glorious day and to another episode of Men of the Hearts podcast. Our last episode we had on Monsignor Tim Hogan. We got to hear yes. a few stories of his time as a Navy, in the Navy, as a priest chaplain. And I used to live with uh, Monsignor Hogan and he didn't he didn't have time to tell half the stories uh, he could tell. Hmm. And they're so incredibly interesting. Probably some of them he can't tell on the air either. Yeah, well, <laughs> probably. <laughs> but it was wonderful. And this month, the adventure. this month... We have on a very special guest as well. We have on one of our auxiliary bishops from the Archdiocese of Detroit. He has served in a variety of ways throughout his priesthood, including being pastor of Holy Redeemer for quite a while. Welcome, Bishop Hanchen, to the show. Thank you, yes. Father Craig. It's great having Delight. you on. It's great to be it's here. Good, good being so with much. you, Bishop. Father David, is our esteemed, it is our esteemed pleasure to have you in the studio with us. How is life with you? Oh, life is very good. Although uh, we're recording this uh, in the month of May, and I didn't realize how busy May, or maybe I forgot, or maybe it just wasn't as busy during uh, the pandemic, but it is, it is quite a full month when you have schools. Yeah, it certainly so, uh, is. It's been, it's been good, but it's been, uh, it's been full. Yeah, you had commencements yesterday, so it was yes. a full day on Sunday. Yeah, High school and graduation, and then... Uh, First Holy Communion. First Holy Communion. Mother's Day. Mother's Day, yeah, yeah, all, yeah. All, the whole... CSA. The whole Shebek, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> it's coming, coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bishop Hanchen, before we get into your vocation story, you want to share with us any blessings or interesting stories in your life right now? Sure. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Tuesday... I'm due to go up to uh, the Capuchin Retreat at Washington, and the central region is having a, uh, a day of prayer overnight for uh, families of parishes. And uh, one of my assignments was to give a, a principal talk at 3 mm. o'clock tomorrow afternoon. And so all weekend I've had this on my mind, and I started on Friday writing it out, and I just, uh, you know, there were so many eruptions. There were th three different confirmations and Father mm -hmm. Ted Parker's 50th anniversary. And uh, so I, I said to the Lord, Lord, I'm putting this in your hands and I need to have something in writing before I leave for Washington on Tuesday. Well, uh, I had to finish cleaning out my junk drawer, which I told you about <laughs> earlier. Uh, I finished that so I had a workspace. And uh, and then I just said, well, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to finish this talk. And uh, and I did. I did in the next hour or so. Mm. Thoughts came freely, and it came pretty much as I thought of and uh, didn't need to change the outline. So it was a great nice. gift. I finished that about an hour and a half ago and was able to give it to my secretary to type up. And uh, so that was the blessing of today, uh, yes. how God mm. God hears prayers like that in desperation. Yeah, <laughs> he does. He comes yeah. to your aid sometimes. He always him, does, so. yeah. yeah. I, I find I worry about writing something more than actually writing it itself. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, getting prepared. Absolutely. So I love when yeah. God gives you the words, and it doesn't matter what time of day it is or whatever. If it comes, start writing it down. Yeah, yeah. It down that's right. Down. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, praise be to that's God. Right. How about Father, Father David? What about you? Oh, well, to be honest, one, one of the big blessings was seeing... Uh, seeing the the seniors in our high school this past week um just uh you know they're, they're ones that i've been here two years now so i know them a little better and uh so just just seeing them get to the end and uh i think seeing them 
uh, at least in many of them, a, a glimmer, you might say, of thankfulness for <laughs> uh, the time that they've had there, which you, you don't often see when you're in the midst of the school year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that was a blessing. And, and to really just see kind of the fine young men and women that they are, are becoming, uh, that was, that was a, a grace for me. Yeah. So, yeah. were you invited to any graduation parties? Oh boy, <laughs> a few. Yes. Yeah. No. There, there, How many is a few for you? At let's Divine see. Channel? Well, well, we just. I think we. I just saw three more in the inbox today. So, uh, there's, uh, there's, there's, there's several. There's several. Yeah. And how's the altar coming along? Still, still working away. Well, working at know, all hours of the May, night and uh, day. <laughs> May is a, May is a busy month, and so sometimes I'm. If you don't know Bishop Hanson, we're um, we're putting in a little just private chapel in the rectory at Divine Child, ah. and I'm I'm building an altar for this. Oh so, wow! So the top is done now. Uh, the Looks top great. is sanded now, Father Craig. Isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> but it because is. Uh, sometimes I just you know I work on it when I when I have the time, and, and sometimes, you know, uh, you don't realize how quickly the time passes, right? So so the other evening, it was, well, how late was it, Father Craig? Was it, it was about, midnight. It was, it was about midnight. And, uh, and I'm, I'm outside the garage, which also happens to be right outside Father Craig's window, uh, and I'm just sanding away, you know. Oh, power sanding. Yeah, power yeah, yeah. sanding. Random orbital <laughs> sander, so not, not a quiet instrument. And I'm just like, God, I'll, <laughs> God, I'll give him another half hour. He's just got to be done. I know how you want to get something Meanwhile, done. Meanwhile, oblivious to the world, I'm just, you know, sanding away. Uh, so eventually Father Craig came out, and, and I was glad you did too because I needed to get some sleep. It was well, funny. I just that. opened the door like, how, how much longer are you going to be? Why? What time is it? It's midnight. Oh, I'll stop right now. <laughs> so it was great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, looking forward to it. It looks good so far. Thank you. So, thank you. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm having fun with it. It's, yeah, it's nice. That's to, great. Uh, a little project, a little hobby you can work with your hands. Yeah. You know, so. That's yeah. great. My dad was a woodworker, and mm. that was really his release from all the... He worked yeah. for the telephone company, but he was very skilled uh, as mm. a woodworker, and he had a, uh, a set of tools. He had a, a thing that was called a shop smith. It was a big mm. thing you could attach things to, and it, he did routing. He did... Uh, uh, what do you call it when you make... Uh, uh, like dowels and so forth. Oh, oh like know. a lathe or something. Yeah, it was yeah. a lathe. It did everything. Table wow. saw, cross saw. Nice. And so he made clocks for a oh. long time. Uh, and, uh, yeah, candlesticks and all kinds of stuff like that. So, but it was that was his escape time to go to his wood exactly. shop. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. Kinda, you, don't have to, you don't have to think too much. And it's just, it's, it's a de-stressor, you know, it's just mm-hmm. very, it's kind of meditative almost, you know. Yeah, and you can see what you've done. You know? yeah. mm-hmm. That's how I found yeah. my vocation. I would do my artwork and it would be in silence a lot. And that's, I was praying, not, you know, just thinking mm-hmm. to the Lord and praying to the Lord. And mm-hmm. the Lord was able to talk to me and uh, push me in the right direction. So, that's great. yeah. Yeah, and lately I've been doing a little bit more artwork myself. I've been kind of stuck of what to do and I was going to do some kind of like going back to what I did before and I wasn't really excited about it. And the Lord gave me permission just to kind of throw it out and say, you know, why don't you just start over and do something new? And um, Oh, nice. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of a blessing to, to yeah. say, okay, I'm going to try something new and mm-hmm. who knows where it's going to lead me. But it's for me and for God's glory and whatever comes out of it will come out of it. So, That's yeah. good. Yeah. I think he does that to us spiritually sometimes too. So Yeah, definitely. It's called confession. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bishop Hanson, we'd love to hear uh, stories from, you know, I, I did want to mention one thing though, is this, I remember my first year in the seminary, we would go out to different parishes mm-hmm. during Lent called Station Parishes, we oh, called yes. it. Yep. And the one year we went to Holy Redeemer. And I remember as a whole kind of you know, seminary community going there and praying. And then afterwards you had us kind of in your offices and your rectory. And 
I remember you had like maybe 10 of us in your office and you were talking to us and I was just like looking around your office and Holy Redeemer and you had all these pictures on the wall of like all these mm. places that you were and, and events that you did, like really cool kind of special things. I don't know them all, I can't remember in my head, but I just remember listening to you talking and I'm thinking to myself, this guy's a cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's cool. <laughs> my sisters uh, have a joke that uh, any place in the world you want to go, Go with Don because he knows how to get there and he knows whom, <laughs> whom to stay with. Uh, I've really been nice. blessed to, to travel. I don't think I've traveled as extensively as some others have, but uh, uh, those pictures in my office were probably could have been from the Holy Land or from from Mexico. Uh, mm. I traveled to Mexico a number of times, and I I find lots of places there very uh, I don't know, the evocative. They they. They sort of generate peace for me when I when mm. I see them. So I would take pictures and, and put them on, on the wall. Uh, if you come to my rectory where I live now or to my residence, <laughs> you'll find lots of things on the wall. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. I like to put things on the wall. But in any case... Uh, well, yeah, uh, yeah, like old posters and things like that. And everything. Yeah, so that's just right. Just really cool stuff. Yeah, thank you. Oh, thank you. Now, now F- Father Craig, uh, before we maybe jump right in, is there any particular graces or things you've been been working on particularly uh, hard I uh, think in the I, last couple months? Yeah, I think I just added the whole, uh, you know, doing the artwork. But, but a wonderful grace that's coming up soon is the year of priestly vocations, praying for priestly vocations. Mm-hmm. It's going to start on the Vigil of Pentecost, Pentecost with a holy hour with the Archbishop when we would normally have ordination. Sadly, we do not have any ordinations mm-hmm. this year for the Archdiocese of Detroit. But we're going to be praying for all of you who are listening and that know that you're going to be carried by our prayers and that you're not doing this alone. Uh, you're with us, you're in our hearts and in our prayers, and uh, God is not going to let you do this alone. And I'm just hoping for this wonderful, or I'm, I'm believing that it's going to happen, this new uh, crop of young men who are going to be the new generation mm-hmm. of priests here yeah. in the Archdiocese yeah. of Detroit. I just, I'm going to be so busy next year. There you go. <laughs> I was at a confirmation at St. Anne Parish yesterday, as the mm-hmm. afternoon, and uh, at some point during the Mass, I think uh, after the announcements, uh, uh, Monsignor Kosenki whispers in my ear, at least one of these kids is a vocation. I said, does he know it yet? <laughs> and, and he said, he shook his head, I don't think so. But yeah. but uh, he pointed out one kid particularly whom he had noticed uh, and mm. because of his interests, so mm-hmm. he intended to speak to him about it. Yeah. So he'll do the spade work on that. Well, what had a huge impact on me was um, my pastor would invite me to dinner all the time, and there would be a number of priests and seminarians around the table, and it just was sort of kind of like this way of getting to know these priests. And this is really what this podcast Mm -hmm. is all about, just kind of this idea of sitting around the table with us, telling us stories about our priesthood and how we became to where we're at. So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's great. I showed uh, uh, Father Craig a a brochure I was uh, from my junk drawer uh, from, <laughs> from when I was in his uh, his role as vocations director. I think it was oh, forty six yeah. years ago. It was a brochure about being wow. a priest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The pictures That's were awesome. in, the pictures were in black and white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, believe it or not. You know they're going back to that sometimes now. It's like I don't know. It's re- even on our websites or your the the Detroit Priestly Vocations. Some of the pictures yeah. are back to. Oh black yeah, and that's white. intentional. I know, I know. Yeah, to show the tradition, but the new flair that comes with it, with the yellow uh, hearts. There, there you go. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Like it. All right, well, Bishop Hanson, we're really excited to hear mm-hmm. your vocation story and how God called you to become a priest. Well, thank you. You know, endless times um, I've been asked uh, 
when did you start thinking about being a priest? Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, actually, I thought about it in, in grade school. Uh, I grew up at Wayne St. Mary's, Michigan Avenue and Wayne Road would be an intersection not far from there. Oh, yeah. And uh, I grew up there, went to eight grades of school, uh, and uh, uh, we always had three priests, the pastor and two associates. The senior associate worked for most of the high school and the athletic program, oh, sure. and the junior associate was always in charge of altar servers, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> so they had their, their work assignments. But we always had a great group of priests. Uh, I, I could you know, tell lots of stories about them, but they were excellent models for me. Back in those days, we had a high school seminary at the other side of the campus here at Sacred oh, yeah. Heart. And um, uh, I lived uh, far enough away from Detroit that if I were to come here as a student, I would be a, uh, a boarding student. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize this all at the time, but uh, uh, my associate said to me, uh, hey, Don, uh, uh, the seminary's having an entrance exam. Would you be interested in taking the exam? You don't have to go, but it'd be, you know. Yeah. And I said, yeah. He said, well, talk to your parents and see what they say. They say. Well, my parents had the ideal response. They said, what a great thing. That'd be absolutely fabulous. But if you find out for some reason it's not what you want, you've got a home to come to. So, Are you from a large family, a small I'm, family? I'm, I thought so at the time. I was middle of seven. I was number okay. four or seven. Yeah. yeah, and uh, we all liked being around each other, and all, all the kids went to St. Mary's uh, grade school and high school. So that's where I would have gone to high school, uh, but I went and ca- I came here and took the exam. We still tell stories about it. It was like an all-day experience from 9 o'clock on Saturday till about 3 or 4 in the afternoon. Wow. One One test, they, they fit lunch in there too somewhere, but, yeah. but just one after the other, psychological and so forth, and then we had a few interviews. And uh, I remember Father uh, Bill Dowell, who later became an English teacher for me in high school, he was the priest who interviewed me individually. And, and uh, part of his assignment, we realized in hindsight, was to check our, our, whether we had good diction, whether we had any speech impediments and so forth. And we had to read uh, this paragraph, you know, that had these mm-hmm. uh, uh, difficult things to say. And, uh, and then he said, well, thank you. That's very good. He said, uh, now, why do you want to be a priest? I said, well... I want to be a priest because um, uh, I like the work that priests do, and I think it's important. And and he and he, he nodded very uh, engagingly. He said, and, "And to save your soul." I said, "Well, no, not really that so much. It's more. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's more because I I'm attracted to the work, and I think it's important. And is and to save your soul. <laughs> so, <laughs> so finally, I said, and to save my soul. But I realized God's sense of humor because I realize in in hindsight, if I look at my life. God knew that the way to save Don Hanchen's soul was to sow in my heart this desire to be a priest. Yeah. There's nothing else I can imagine myself doing that would make me feel as good about what my life means mm-hmm. than being a priest. So it was to save my soul, you know, wow. probably the best means God had. So anyway, I came to the seminary, and uh, uh, every year, uh, it, it, but uh, I, I found this when I was vocations director, Father Craig, I had to make this distinction. I came to the seminary because I wanted to be here. I mm. came to be a priest. It was all my ego <laughs> driving mm. this, you know. And I, I noticed that there were some guys who were good scholastically and other guys more strong athletically and so forth. And I, Well, my brothers were the athletes in my family. I was not the greatest athlete. Uh, so I thought, well, I'm not brilliant, but I think I can work hard and get okay grades uh, because I thought to myself, I don't want them to have to kick me out. Mm. Hmm. 
You know, mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna survive. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, uh, little did I realize that the the pressure to uh, to be okay, to not get kicked out, uh, in my mind, I made such a huge thing that I developed by the time I was in uh, maybe a junior in high school, I started to have problems with my stomach, and mm. uh, they had you know you, kind of precursor to having a stomach ulcer. Oh wow. And uh, so I was taking Maalox and other, you know, antacids mm-hmm. and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. It's just routine. Uh, and I thought everything was fine and uh, got into college. And every year I would come back because I wanted to. Yeah. You know, my mom and dad say, you going back? I said, yeah, I'm going back. Okay. And we come back and there'd be a few guys, fewer, who decided sure. other ways. So I got to be a junior in college. What, what was a high school seminary like first, just before oh, I move on? It was like a... Uh, I guess you would call it like a prep school. Uh, it was okay. focused on priesthood, and uh, the academics were uh, high standards, mm-hmm. uh, excellent teachers. My goodness, it mm. was just, uh, it was fantastic. We had uh, lay, lay professors, laymen. Uh, at the time, near the end of my high school time, there were some sisters who were teaching, but it was mainly priests and lay, laymen mm-hmm. who, who taught us. and. Uh, in my freshman year, there were 225 freshmen. Wow. And oh we, were, we were nine, A, B, C, D, E, you know, yeah. <laughs> E, F, E, F. And I was a 9A. Uh, again, I don't think I was brilliant. I must have done okay on those, those exams. That, <laughs> yeah. You know, but... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah you just, had that radio voice when you were a kid, too. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we, we just had, we had a, probably more fun than we deserved. It was just, it was just wonderful. And everything was alphabetically. Yeah. Uh, so I was uh, grouped with uh, my good friend, my senior Pat Halfpenny, Don oh, Hanchen, sure. Martin Herman, Joe Heithaller. Everything was, you know, alphabetical. Yeah. So my locker in the hallway was right next to Father Halfpenny's. Uh, my bed in the dorm down the hall, that was next to, you know, in that same yeah. sequence. We were gathered for morning and evening meals at the same table. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. yeah. So you got to know uh, we really guys. got to know each other. Your, your yeah. neighbors, right? Yeah, good thing we liked each other. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so... Was it, was it a pretty, uh, like, structured sort of environment, would you say? Yeah, but I wouldn't... Uh, I never felt uh, inhibited. Mm-hmm. But yes, it was... Every minute was accounted for. You know, at, oh, sure. at, at any time of day, I could tell you where I had to be. You know, oh, sure. if it was yeah. study hall, you had to be in study hall. And then oh. study hall would end, and you had, like, 10 minutes to get from there across the campus into the chapel for night prayer. And yeah. by, by 9.25, we had our hands and face washed and uh, uh, our jammies on and into the dorm. Wow. By 9.30, lights out. And uh, you know, until the next morning at, I think, 6 o'clock is when the bell would ring. Hmm. Wow. My, I'd go into class, and the next day, and uh, some of my day students, we were the boarders, they were the day students, oh, yeah. they would say, oh, Johnny Carson was so good last night. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> we were fast asleep when yeah. Johnny Carson was on. You know? <laughs> we didn't know anything. We would have to ask them, what's on TV? I knew none of the serials and the family shows that were oh, on sure. TV in sure. those years. Yeah. Uh, my mm-hmm. sisters and brothers would watch the, the Brady Bunch, and, whatnot, and I never saw any of those things. Um, and uh, there used to be a newspaper. The headline of the Free Press was posted on the board uh, downstairs in one of the bulletin oh, boards. Okay. But otherwise, you didn't, you know, 
Yeah. Didn't watch the news and all that. Believe it or not, though, I just got contacted by a high school seminary just letting me know that there is such an option for guys out there. So if there's parents listening, know that uh, there are still high school seminaries that you can send your uh, boys to if they do have a strong uh, Mm -hmm. idea of this vocation to the priesthood. Let's get into the college (laughs) days here. College, again, was excellent. Uh, I just can't say enough about my professors. Uh, There really wasn't a dud. There were some that were more challenging, but uh, uh, nobody whom I did not appreciate as a teacher. But I mentioned that I developed this uh, early ulcer in high school. Well, it Mm -hmm. came to full flower when I was (laughs) in college. I thought everything was fine and uh, woke up one morning feeling very weak, and uh, hmm. when I went to the laboratory, I found out I was bleeding. Wow. Oh, and wow. so, yeah, I went to the infirmary, which we had at the time, and uh, sh- the nurse was very concerned and called my parents and uh, talked to the fam- the doctor of the, uh, the seminary and so forth. So uh, within a day, uh, my father came to pick me up and took me, and I was admitted to the local hospital over in Wayne. Mm-hmm. And uh, to make a long story short, I was in the hospital for about a week, I lost and was transfused with 13 pints of blood. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was really crazy. And I, I never felt any pain, but I just felt yeah. fatigue, you know, just yeah. worn out. So uh, they operated and did uh, on a, between your, your large intestine and your small intestine, there's a, uh, in the stomach, there's this uh, little tube called a duodenum. And so that's where the ulcer was. wasn't in the wasn't in the stomach. So that was a good thing. Yeah. Any case, they uh, they took care of that, and uh, I'd lost so much blood that they didn't totally complete. There was some other uh, procedure they normally did, but they didn't do that procedure. Mm-hmm. They said we'll postpone that till he's feeling better. So uh, after a couple of weeks, I was back at the seminary, and uh, I was certain I was going to get a call to go down to the rector's office. And I was gonna be told in a nice way, Don, you're a good kid, but uh, you know, obviously your health is not uh, not mm. cooperating. And so it seems God's telling you that this, you know, I was sure they were gonna tell me. Were I you afraid of that? Like that was uh, like- Oh, I was, I, I used to go mm. down to the chapel every night uh, by myself. And there were some nights and where- Give yourself was, a second ulcer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I actually, I remember crying before the Blessed Sacrament wow. and I said, you know, God, there's the, really all my life. There's nothing more I've wanted to do. And then, in one of the silences, uh, I heard God say, "Well, now that I have your attention," <laughs> and, I, and I, I sank back. I said, "Oh, so I, it got, now that I have your attention," uh, and He quoted Jeremiah, "From your mother's womb, I have called you." Mm. And I said, "Oh my gosh!" So. So I don't have to be perfect? Mm, <laughs> and God said, yeah. no, you don't have to be perfect. Don't be ridiculous, but don't. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't have to be perfect. Yeah. And so I just, I just relaxed. And, and I never got called to the rector's office. Yeah. Never, never got that, that message. Yeah. And so uh, God just said, you know, and they asked uh, Father Ed Baldwin, God bless him, he had had an ulcer in his theology days at St. John's Seminary huh. years before. And uh, uh, Monsignor Scherzer, who was the dean of men, he knew that. So he said, I'd like you to talk to Father Baldwin. And so I went to see Father Baldwin about once a week. And uh, we had just talks just to kind of kind of take it easy and so forth. So years later, uh, fast forward, uh, I was ordained about 12 years a priest when 
I, or eight years of priest, when I was asked to be the director of vocations, I thought, boy, God has a sense of humor, you know. I'm supposed to tell people how to know your vocation when I was sort of in the driver's seat and, you know, going to yeah. make this happen. But uh, I, I learned the hard way that a real vocation is something that God gives you and that you respond to. And so anybody who's listening, you know, uh, if you think uh, God might have a vocation, talk to, talk to somebody about it. You know, find yeah. your Ed Baldwin. Find find right. somebody who who might know more about it. And uh, uh, just in conversing with them, you're going to learn a lot about yourself and about how God works. Uh, but I learned that God has a great sense of humor, and uh, uh, that He really wanted me to discover the importance of friendships. And uh, uh, friendships were important to me in the seminary. They've been important to me. I was ordained about a year one year, and Father Ed Farrell, may rest in peace, was the spiritual director here. And so after I became ordained, he was my spiritual director. I took him on again, and uh, uh, I said to him, Father Ed, if I don't get some help, um, I'm not sure I'm going to make it as a priest. Hmm. And he said, really? I said, yeah, because you know, I have a lot of independence, and I, I could make mistakes, and uh, I just need, I need to be accountable somehow. And so he said, well, uh, why don't you uh, start a fraternity? Hmm. And we had, we had been organized into prayer fraternities when I was a student in college here. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, how would I do that? He said, well, just find some guys and, uh, and invite them to, to try it out. Uh, I said, and if you get it started, I'll join. Really? Wow. <laughs> I said, really? That's so cool. I said, okay. So uh, I you know, talked to several friends, and this is like 1975, okay, one year wow. after I'm ordained. And uh, I'm, we've been doing this now for 48 years. Wow. Uh, the same group of same guys, guys. Same group of guys. There's been a few changes. Two uh, have, been gone, have gone to the Lord, Father Farrell and Father Paul Letterman, both deceased. Um, Father Ted Parker joined us about maybe 10 or 12 years ago. And uh, otherwise, uh, the others, uh, Monsignor Pat Halfpenny, uh, Michael Molner, uh, Ted Parker, and uh, Father Rondi Hunt, all of us are this group, and uh, uh, that group, that fraternity, has had everything to do with my satisfaction in being a priest, with the choices I've made. Uh, they've they've helped me to, uh, you know, conquer things like difficult assignments. Yeah. Uh, you know, saying yes to things. And I remember one time I, I told them uh, in our monthly meeting we have a review of life, and so we talk about what God's doing in our life. And so I said, well, you know, in my, my review this month, I want to say that I was asked to be, a, I don't know if it was a consultor or something like that, and uh, uh, Cardinal uh, uh, Maida wanted it to be my, my choice, my decision. And I said, you know, I prayed about it, and I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, I, I'm thinking it's not right. I think I'm going to say, gonna say no thanks. <laughs> one, of the, one of the other brothers said, can I add something? I said, sure. He said, I've found that sometimes the things I'm most certain about uh, when I think about, the, when, when confronted with the whole reality, uh, I, I frequently have made the wrong choice. He said, I, I just invite you to consider a little further. And so mm-hmm. I, I ended up saying yes to it, and it, and it mm-hmm. ended up being a very good thing, you know. Yeah. But I was just, I'd sort of made up my mind that I wasn't going to do that. Yeah. But, um, you know, I ended up doing it. Yeah, but here you are with a group of guys that you can trust. 
They know you and they can tell you like it is, you know, and not kind of just give you what you want. You know, I think we stress that a little bit, you know, if, you know, a guy's coming, you know, we want him to have healthy friendships because we want a guy to be open and vulnerable in appropriate ways to be able to receive and to Mm -hmm. give, That's right. you know, the gifts that he has. So it is incredibly important. Right. That's, uh, I mean, I think there is something beautiful about, uh, uh, the brotherhood aspect of, uh, being in seminary, it's it's almost natural. And the other thing, like more intentional, you have to be when you. I've noticed it. Yeah, a new priest. The know, other but. important thing for me is I feel the need to be accountable to somebody. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because it's very easy once you're ordained uh, and to be out in the priesthood, even with the so-called families of parishes, sure. priests have a lot of independence, a lot of time in their own. Oh yeah, and to feel that I need to be able to gather on a regular basis with my brothers. And yeah. tell them here's what's going on, and, oh, 100%. and and them to be able to say to me, how about this? How about that? Yeah, yeah. So. You know, I was talking to a, a priest friend of mine, and just talking about fraternity, and you know, looking at you know different guys that we knew, and some of them with struggles and different things like that. Um, he just really stressed that fraternity is so incredibly important, and a lot of times we might not feel like doing fraternity. It's like, well, I got you know, more busy things to do. Yeah. You know, I can do this. I could be at the hospital. I can be writing my homily. And, you know, and he said, you know what we should, you know, kind of really look at is that, you know, fraternity is like a a safety belt in a car. Like most of the time you don't need it, but (laughs) when it does, when you do, you really need it. it. (laughs) And I thought about that, that. you know, there were plenty of times where I didn't want to go to, you know, a fraternity meeting or, or class, you know, dinner or something like that. And, um, just knowing that I know Father so-and-so is going to be there and I, I really need a good confession or I really need to bounce this idea mm-hmm. off of someone or I just got to yeah. tell them what's going on in my life, yeah. you know, and yeah. that that person was there for me. And yeah. maybe when I go, when I don't even feel like going, that maybe I'm that person for yes. somebody else yeah. as well. So Yeah, I've learned to, and I've learned to treasure the, the things they share, just talking about their ministry and uh, insights. I've learned so much from their ministry, yeah. It's, uh, I have a group, and most of us are uh, a fraternity group. Most of us are pretty newly ordained. And so especially just looking back at like the first couple years, going through COVID as like new priests, it was just, it was, it was great to have just that support of like, even if it was just as simple as like, oh yeah, we're all kind of struggling, going through the same things. Like how do, how do we be priests? How do we do it in COVID, you know, and just like figuring it all out. It's just so nice to have the support of just knowing like yeah. you're there, you're in it together with yeah. these other uh, guys, you know. So, yeah. and what's really great about Father David having fraternity and class meetings is I live with him and I'm a homebody. <laughs> so every time he has people over, I just kind of migrate over to the porch <laughs> oh, where yeah. they're chilling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, can I join you? <laughs> well, do you know, uh, one of the things I'm going to uh, share tomorrow in this uh, Families of Parish retreat for the Central Region is that um, I think that fraternity is a greater possibility with this new Families of Parish model. Yeah. Uh, however, uh, I never realized how dominating the old image of, of my parish, uh, uh, my parish over and above oh, sure. all other parishes, you know, sure. uh, that kind of attitude. Um, and then, uh, well, it's, it's pretty profound. So as, for many priests, uh, many of my brothers are, are finding it tough, finding it difficult because uh, to be um, to think of this as uh, our priesthood, 
our ministry as as a presbyterate um, isn't the first thing. They don't know what that looks like. They don't sure. know what that will mean. And so, and they've given, been, they've been doing living it a little differently for so many years. You yeah, know, I think exactly. Yeah. It's y- y- yeah, yeah. Just, it's what you get used to, you know. So. Right. Right. Well, it's it's hard to bring other people into the ministry that you're doing or whatever it is that you got going on at your parish, in a sense. And yeah. I, I was telling someone the other day, it's the idea of like you know what you need to do, right? Like there's this is big area in the backyard that you need to dig a hole, right? And you start digging it yourself and you're like, I can do it. I know what I need to do. And then like five <laughs> hours later, you're like, I need help. <laughs> back sword. <laughs> but sometimes it's just like, I'll just do it myself. It's easier than to bring sure. other people in it. But I think when we bring other people in it, it brings not only life to them, but it brings life to us as well. And sure, mm-hmm. yeah, there might be a little bit of difficulty at first, but you'll you'll grow to love it. You'll grow to to find this joy of working with other people. So. Yeah, and, and we're just now in the early days of it, uh, uh, and it's happening as as priests retire, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and so there's one less in the mix for my family, right. and so right. I'm meeting to meet a new congregation for an occasional mass or whatever it might be, you know. Yeah. 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 So let's let's kind of rewind a lot back here. So <laughs> let's go back to high school. <laughs> but at the end of high school, like what was it like, okay, now you're gonna go into the college? Like what was the discernment at that point? Like, okay, I went four years to high school here at Sacred Heart, like is it just sort of kind of a given that I'm just gonna kinda move on? It almost seemed like now I'm going on to like stage two of high school or was there like a greater kind of uh, you know, vocation discernment. Hmm. Um, in many ways, uh, it was the same ego running things until I had the sickness. So uh, I made the decision to come back because this is what somebody who wanted to be a priest needed to do. Uh, however, uh, life was certainly different in college than it was in high school. Um, we had, a, uh, uh, there was like one house, two house cars and it wasn't common to have your own automobile. So we were pretty much on campus all the time. (laughs) And uh, it was very typical to have 18 hours of class. And uh, uh, there was, uh, we had class on Saturday mornings. Oh, wow. So Wednesday afternoon and Saturday afternoons were our our free time. Uh, And uh, we used to get on the bus and go down to Hudson's or you know, yep. uh, uh, there weren't a lot of other things to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we used to write a lot of papers. Uh, uh, but in terms of being different, uh, I just saw it as a, a, a more a, a deepening of the, of the commitment. Uh, the real discernment came when it appeared that I might be asked to leave. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, what else would I do? Hmm. And beyond yeah. that, to even consider what does God want me to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? No. Uh, Which is interesting if you look at our application. I mean, in the application it says if you don't become a priest, what would you like to be in your life? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that kind of stumps some guys sometimes. Like, I've been thinking about the priesthood my whole life. What else would I do for mm-hmm. the Lord, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's really interesting. So was college still eight years then, four years philosophy, four years theology? Yeah, well, the, uh, we thought of college as four years, and then four years of postgraduate theology. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so twelve years in the seminary. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And then it's I a came whole new back. Meaning to life. Or... Then I came back and lived here for five more years when I was in the vocations office. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, and when Cardinal Dearden is the one who asked me to do it, 
I said, Cardinal, and he knew me because I was the associate at the cathedral. It was my first assignment. Um, I said, Cardinal, uh, you know me a little bit, and you you must know that I, I really love parish work. Uh, <laughs> 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 and, uh, you know, would you reconsider this? And he said, Don, he said, um, I don't know if you ever knew about the Packard automobile, but one of the finer automobiles. And the, the motto of Packard was, ask the man who owns one. Hmm. And I sat back and he said, I know you like to be a priest. Hmm. That's exactly why I want you, not forever, but for a few years, to be the one who's interviewing candidates and promoting the uh, the possibility of a vocation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just laughed and said, yeah, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what was it like being a vocation director, you know, back uh, back in the day? <laughs> well, I mean, it really, it really was different when I think about numbers. Uh, uh, I always tried to get, uh, I think the most I was ever able to uh, initiate over the course of the year was, was 40 new students. Wow. Can you imagine that? 40. 40. That's crazy. But, that's, yeah. that's college or high school, that's too? That's college, college and post-college. Okay, wow. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, amazing. But by that time, they had closed the high school seminary back in 71 or 2. Okay. Yeah, while we were 40 students guys. here. wow. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but but it was so different. I used to tell uh, Monsignor Vince Howard was the vocation director when I was in high school, and um, uh, he used to laugh. He said, "All you needed to be a vocations director was a mimeo, uh, a mimeo machine." Because <laughs> I would. <laughs> I get don't a think monthly. anybody knows what that is. Yeah, I know. Yeah, mimeo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd get a the monthly ditto news- machine, right? A ditto. Yeah, a ditto machine. <laughs> He'd send out a monthly. I think it was monthly newsletter called the Harvest. And uh, I started to get that when I was like in seventh or eighth grade. After uh, priests and nuns would co- go around the whole archdiocese to Catholic grade schools and mm. give vocation talks. Yeah. And if you signed, I'm interested, you started to get the harvest. And so oh. he would he would have a little addressograph with your name on it and uh, you know, keep generating this. Uh, huh. But when I was in, um, uh, well, uh, as a vocations director, um, I relied a lot on uh, parish priests uh, inviting me to come give talks at their parish. Mm. And then mm-hmm. we had uh, five or six weekend live-ins during the year sure. uh, for interested candidates to come and to see what the seminary was like. Um, we have that. Yeah. We have that. Yeah. Uh, I go out to schools and to parishes as well. Yeah. We have discernment weekends for the older guys, uh, discernment days for the high schoolers. Mm-hmm. So we are. One of the first challenges to me, I couldn't believe it, when I I found that uh, uh, sometimes the parents were so opposed to the idea Mm. that uh, they wouldn't encourage their sons. They would uh, say, no, you've got to do something else. Uh, I remember somebody saying, a a, a woman, this is at a vocations talk at a parish, saying, well, you know, Father, uh, I'm just not sure I want to encourage my son to think about a a, a priestly vocation because I'm not sure he'd be happy doing that. I said, mm-hmm. well, you know, that's a fair question, but do you know what he would be happy doing? You know, uh, yeah. uh, the, the rates of uh, those who choose marriage and fail uh, are higher than than, yeah. than vocations that yeah. go wrong. You know, so yeah. I said it's, it's worth um, trying to find out w- what that person's gifts are, what they what they truly want to do. But I said, I, I want to assure you, I'm not I'm not uh, uh, attached by shackles to my job. I chose it freely, and I, uh-huh. I find it I find it uh, 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 fascinating, funny, interesting, 
challenging sometimes as, as your marriage is. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I find it, uh, I, it feels like where God wants me to be, you know. I, I think you bring up a good a common uh, fear, both in parents and in guys sometimes, is like, uh, you know, can my son really be happy doing this? Mm-hmm. Or can I really be happy doing this? I know that was a big struggle for me in high school was, you know, I kind of had this sense God was calling me, but I was like, I don't know if I could be happy, you know, giving up so much because it seems like a lot to yeah. give up, right? And, and uh yeah. When I when I got to thinking about it, I got to thinking when I was discerning celibacy at St. John's Seminary. I said, "Boy, who's sacrificing more, me for not getting married, or my sisters and brothers?" And yeah. all all of them were married no, and true. had kids, you know, and it's having true. kids and not knowing what's going to happen to the poor kid, you know. And yeah. I said, "My sacrifice is pretty small compared <laughs> to theirs." So I, I reduced my you know, degree of difficulty. You yeah. Know. No, there, I have, yeah, there's a sacrifice with any vocation, right? Yeah. And, but yes. what we're called to is God's going to give us the grace to sacrifice whatever Amen. it is. That's and, right. Um, I think that's, you know, like you said, Father David, a, a lot of guys are like, well, a lot of people who call me are, are, are literally like, I think I might be called, but I don't want to be a priest. Yes. You know? mm. Yeah, right. Which or I think, I think is, it's I common. Think, yeah. I think God might be wanting me to be a priest, but I don't want to be. I yes. said, do you think God would call you against your will? Yeah, I said, because right. that's not been my experience of God. Yeah. He always, uh, if he wants me to do something, he, he either makes it attractive or or causes me to find something in it I didn't before. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't think God would want you to be a priest if you don't want to be a priest. Yeah, yeah. And it's all tied up to the whole kind of salvation, the salvation of your soul. I mean, you know, God's... Like, like, like that priest said, yeah, and to save your yeah, soul. Yeah, exactly, right. exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, like, I, God's not going to put you in a vocation where your soul's not going to be saved. No, right? no. Yeah, you know, so... Yeah. Yeah. Or you're not going to be deeply fulfilled, right? Not yeah, I mean the struggles and the difficulties, but yeah, like, his plan for you is is your your happiness, your salvation. You know, and, uh, a happy disciple is an effective disciple. That's it. Amen. Yeah, Amen. and it comes with its challenges, but I think that's it, it built as men. We we want a challenge. Oh, you yeah. know, I mean, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. yeah, living a life of ease is is good too, but Boring. we get bored really quickly, right? And we we yeah. want a project like. You want adventure, you yeah. want a challenge, you want to fix things, you know, yeah. come, come be a priest. There's you a lot. You won't be bored. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it's nothing boring about the priesthood. No, it's actually fascinating. It's, and it's hard to explain that to people of just what we get to do each and every single day. Yeah. Do, you, do you ever get that yeah. question? I just got that the other day. So, so what, what, what do you do all day? <laughs> Like if you only knew. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to answer though. It because, is though. Yeah. It's there seems some things become routine, yeah. but to think that, uh, gosh, you know, that I was asked to, you know, celebrate the graduates of Madonna University and mm-hmm. to be uh, a member of the board of directors of that university, and I never thought of doing things like that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah no. Uh, it, working it, in it parish adventure, work, for sure. yeah. doing vocations. Yeah. Becoming a bishop. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was certainly not on my list. You know. Yeah. And how long? How long have you been ordained a bishop now? You know, it's eleven years. Eleven years. Now. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. And my day when uh, they were setting up the date with the nuncio, uh, Archbishop Vigneron says we're looking at the fifth of May. I said. Alan, that's perfect, because by that time I'd worked about 25 years with the Spanish-speaking. Yeah. Mm. And uh, 
he looked at me like, it is? I said, Cinco de Mayo. Mayo. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He started laughing. But uh, I never have to worry about what's the date of my anniversary. It's Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, yeah. And I used to, uh, I was at the time, I was pastor at uh, Most Holy Redeemer. And um, for t- was it twenty five years at Holy Redeemer? Or no, 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 a little over twelve. Twelve. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> uh, my some of my friends and other people say, you know, uh, Bishop Reese was the only auxiliary left after so many had been reassigned to other dioceses, mm. and so the Archbishop, uh, when he arrived back in Detroit from Oakland, uh, asked for some other bishops and. And people say, oh, you must be on the list. I said, well, nobody has told me I'm on the list. I said, <laughs> and, and in fact, until I get a call from the nuncio, forget yeah. it. It's not going to happen. <laughs> then one afternoon, a call came to Holy Redeemer, and the secretary said, Monsignor, there's a call from somebody, and they have a real thick accent. And I said, a real thick accent? Yeah. I said, okay. I said, Monsignor Hanschen. Is this a Monsignor Donald Hanschen? I said, Yes. Um, this is, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember his name now. Uh, <laughs> he's deceased, but a very fine man. I, I, I had met him one time before when Bishop uh, 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 Earl Boyer was ordained. He was the one present to, to give him the commission, at Bishop mm-hmm. of Lansing. So I'd met him a few months before, and uh, he said, uh, uh, and I thought, I won't mention my friend, but I have a friend who used to imitate him. He would call. <laughs> he would call. Says, this is a Monsignor uh, Aguijan, you know. <laughs> and so I said, I said, is this really you? And there was a pause, just silence. And I said, I'm sorry, Archbishop. I'm sorry. He said, Well, then he wanted to tell me that he had been a, a, a nuncio in the Holy Land, mm. and I knew that. And he said, Have you ever visited the Holy Land? I said, I have, uh, Your Excellency. He said, well, there's a place there called the Confession of Peter on the Sea of Galilee. Uh, do you know that place? I said, I do. Mm-hmm. And it was, I had been there and had a most spiritual experience with a group of lay people. Wow. Uh, mm-hmm. The night before, we were in Cana, and all of the married couples renewed their vows. That's cool. Mm-hmm. The next day, all of these lay people were around, uh, about six of us were priests in this group of 30. And they asked us to sit down. We were sitting on some rocks. And they all s- surrounded us in a circle of prayer and, and uh, imposed hands and prayed for us, hmm. for our vocations. I, I'll never forget it. Wow. And so he said, well, with that, with that place and, and scene in mind, uh, His Holiness, uh, Pope Benedict, wants you to walk in the footsteps of the fishermen. And I said, hmm. I didn't know what to say. Yeah. Silence, you know. And so he said, uh, I said, well, if it's the Holy Father asking, I certainly would respond yes. And he said, good, good, good. You write him a letter and send it, send it to me. <laughs> but then I couldn't talk to anybody. I couldn't oh, tell yeah. a soul. About an hour later, huh. the archbishop called, and he says, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so for about a month, uh, I had to keep this oh, agony. agony. Was, was, was it hard? To, I'm, oh, it was. Uh, like... Not every day, but some days I'd say, did I really get a call? Is that, is that really going to happen? You know? Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. wow. So uh, you, while we have a little bit more time here, just you want to explain a little bit or maybe just tell us about your experience at Holy Redeemer and ministering to oh. those of Hispanic origin. Oh, you know, yes. Uh, the wonderful culture that uh, they Yeah, have. when I, uh, I, one of the things I'm most grateful to uh, Cardinal Shaco for 
is his asking me to go and study Spanish. I found out after the fact that uh, he'd been looking for some time uh, for a way to minister to the growing number of Hispanics in Detroit back in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found this out from Bishop Shainer, who was a former pastor of mine, my first assignment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, he even asked uh, Archbishop uh, Pat Flores, Patricio Flores from San Antonio, uh, Cardinal Schalke did. He said, Patricio, should I try and get priests from Mexico to come to Detroit, or should I send my Detroit priests to Mexico to learn Spanish? He said, I would do the latter. <laughs> he said, because they're going to be gente puente, they're going to be bridge people. So you want mm. people who know Detroit uh, and who can link the, these Spanish speakers coming to Detroit with the local church. So mm. uh, get people of trust and send them. That would be my recommendation. So he yes. said, oh, okay. That's, and, and so he came to the bishop's, conference, bishop's council you know, a meeting and said, I want three priests. And I found out from those who said no, <laughs> that everybody <laughs> was saying, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that. Uh. And, and Bishop Shaner said, well, ask Hanschen. And Cardinal Shuck said, Hanschen? Why would Hanschen want to do this? <laughs> he said, well, ask him. So uh, when he asked uh, Bishop Melchek to ask me, and I said, uh, he said, would you be willing to go to Mexico and to take a year to prepare to, to come back to Detroit and work with Hispanics in Detroit? I said, sure. He said, Really? I said, yeah, I actually have been thinking about it for some time. And, it's amazing. Uh, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about going to Brazil because at the time Detroit had a place in Recife, Brazil. Mm-hmm. But, but my father was not in good health, and oh, I knew sure. that travel was not easy between Brazil and the U.S., so mm-hmm. I never felt at ease saying yes to that. Uh, but I said, you know, Mexico, I could get back here in a hurry if I needed to. Sure. So – I said yes, and uh, Shaka, or Cardinal Shaka was uh, surprised by that and told me later. I said, well, Cardinal, it's just because you don't know me. I said, <laughs> but, but I really, I do want to do this. And it, yeah. it, it opened up a whole world, worlds plural to me, mm-hmm. because, uh, I mean, it's just the Spanish language in common, but Spain doesn't have much to do with Mexico, doesn't no. have much to do with Cuba, doesn't no. have much to do with uh, uh, Argentina doesn't have much to do with Colombia, and I've mm-hmm. been to all these places now just because I can speak the language. You the know? language, yeah. And it's opened me up to um, a group of people whose faith is so deep and, and tender to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the my symbol for that is on the 12th of December, the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Mm-hmm. Uh, most parishes that serve Hispanics will have celebrations of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and Holy Redeemers. Uh, early one is they have uh, Las Mañanitas, which is like four sing- o'clock yes. in the morning. They start or something? Super yeah, like, early, like four thirty, five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, and so wherever I am, even though I'm not pastor there anymore, uh-huh. I try and go to that because it just oh, nice. it makes me weep when I see how genuine their devotion is, and and grandmas giving little kids roses and having them yeah. take them out to La Virgen. Mm-hmm. You know, and people singing mariachis, competing with each other oh, yeah. to sing a love song to Our Lady. Um, and uh, just all the details of that, that apparition, you know. She mm-hmm. says to Juan Diego, am I not here who, who am your mother? You know, I've got you in the fold of my, my regazzo, my, you know, my little, the shawl that uh, an older woman would, or mother would wear to hold her baby. Uh, she says this to Juan Diego, you know. And... Um, uh, Was it Diego Tito? 
Like, what is the little Diego? Juan Dieguito. Yeah. Juan yeah. <laughs> Dieguito. Yeah, and they talk to each other that way in the narration. He yeah. calls him Virgencita, and she calls him Juan Dieguito. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I got to know the people at uh, St. Gabriel's, St. Joseph's in Monroe, and finally at Redeemer. Um, and their faith, I said, it's, it's palpable. It's, uh, uh, yeah. you, you can't be a disbeliever when you see somebody whose faith is that deep. And they, they commend everything to Our Lady. You know, mm-hmm. I go to visit people in their homes, and and practically every home in Redeemer, they had a little altarcito, a little altar oh, <laughs> near the front door, and it would have every kid in the family's picture was there, grandma and grandpa's picture was there, those who had deceased, their picture was there. Mm-hmm. There'd be some fresh flowers, be a candle, always a candle lit, and uh, uh, they would even, you know. Uh, if there was some special moment, if a kid was going somewhere, they would uh, stop at that altar, and the parents would bless the child, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they would they would bless yeah. them, and and uh, uh, so it's very serious uh, to 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 have an altar in your home. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's yeah, it it really was. So it was just a, a great thing for my faith. That's how God saved me. <laughs> By uh, leading me in that particular direction, you yeah. know. And all you had to do was say yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you never I, know what that yes is going to take you. I used to tell people, I said, the reason I'm a priest is I thought I would like it, and God knew it, and hmm. and I do. Yeah. <laughs> and you more that's than my like it, you love Short it. version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, with the little bit of time that we have left, uh, if you just want to give any advice to a young man listening or even an older man listening who think he might have a call to the priesthood, what would you tell him? What kind of advice? Hmm. What to stay away from, what to do, what not to do? Yeah. Hmm. Um, I used to have, uh, I, I told some my fraternity priest brother friends, they'd say, what, what's your criteria? I said, you know, uh, it isn't, I don't want somebody who's, you know, holy, holy. Uh, I want somebody who's comfortable praying, who does pray and is comfortable doing it. But I said, one of the things I found on the weekend is as important is, is this person generous? Hmm. Is, is it natural for you to be generous? Can you, can you be generous with your time, with hmm. your patience? Uh, and if you uh, find yourself... Um, drawn to be interested in serving in your parish, you know, maybe there's a, a food pantry or a, there's a group that makes sandwiches to take down to pass out on the street. Mm-hmm. If you're drawn to stuff like that because you think, you know, I'm only one person, but I can make a difference, uh, take note of that yeah. uh, and say, you know, the most simple thing I could say is just to be in the habit of prayer. Mm. Say, God, what do you want me to do? Just uh, put me on the right path and, and send me people to encourage me. Uh, looking back, uh, there were always people who encouraged me. There were my sixth grade uh, teacher, an IHM sister, and my seventh grade teacher, an IHM, uh, said to me at some point, have you ever thought of being a priest? I said, you know, sister, I have. Good. Well, that's very good. Well, you should think about that and pray yeah. about that. Ask God to help you. Yep. Uh, so... Yeah, uh, people who along the way have been such an encouragement to me. Uh, and um, uh, so being generous, praying, and and being open to where God will lead you because he will put people in your life uh, who uh, just challenge you or, or whose example you admire. Uh, I can look back and there's a raft of them, lay people as well as priests, mm-hmm. 
who just really uh, just made priesthood very important for me to consider. You know. Yeah, that's and, awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, no. thank you for coming out today and telling thank us your you. vocation yes, story yeah. and all the wonderful things thank you. Uh, you shared with us. Um, it's great. Great having you thank, here. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I, I pointed out to uh, Father David and uh, Father Craig that we're gathered in a spot in the seminary that's now a sound studio, but it used to be a dormitory. <laughs> and I'm only about 10 feet away from where my bed used to be. My <laughs> so it all comes around. There's a, there's a couch there now. There's a couch there now. You could always take a nap. <laughs> but thanks very much. I've enjoyed it. Well, would you lead us out in a prayer, please? And I bless will. Us. I will. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for our vocation. Thank you for taking such an interest in each one of us that you desire us to know what will make us, of all things, happiest and what will, in your hands, uh, lead to the salvation of many people. We pray for Father Craig and Father David. We pray for the church in Detroit. Um, The sadness of a year with no uh, ordinations to the priesthood is a reminder to us all that uh, this is something you entrust to us, this work. And uh, we have no doubt you will continue to call. Help us to be the encouragers encouragers of those who are called so that they know they are not alone and that the work to which you call us is a beautiful work and a, a happy work. And we pray all this and all that we need through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father and of the Son, Son of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you again, Bishop Hanson, for being you. with us. Thank you. You've been listening to Men of the Hearts, a monthly podcast from the Archdiocese of Detroit Office of Priestly Vocation. Join me every month, Father Craig Guerra. And me, Father David Pelican. As we explore the priesthood, hear vocation stories from priests all over the Archdiocese, and answer questions about discerning a priestly vocation. Tune in every month to wherever you get your podcast and learn more at DetroitPriestlyVocations.com. Awesome. Thank you.